You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. second episode of the positional series that we're doing in the YCA podcast. I am your host, Cam Willis. Uh, my co-host, Coach Brett Fields, is not on location right now, but he is with us. Coach Fields, what's up, my man? How we doing, man? Trying this remote life. Yeah, he's in, where are you at? You at the Death Star with, with two T's or whatever it is? I'm at the Death Star, got the TV on, got some deer hunting on, we're ready to go. That's right. Old country boy right there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here at home, uh, excited to kick off this second episode. Last episode was a QB position episode, and we've kind of jumped over to the other side. Coach Fields will be happy. We're going to the defensive side of the ball today to what I'm sure he would say is the QB position of the defense. We're talking inside linebackers today, and we got two special guests with us that I'm excited about. We've got uh, head coach, Newberry High School, Coach Cedric Jeter, and we've got Ethan Campbell, Coach Ethan Campbell, defensive coordinator at Clinton High School. How's it going, fellas? Going well, brother. Good. Glad to be here. Yeah, man, we're excited about having you guys on here. Um, two defensive guys, obviously, Coach Jeter and myself. Well, first of all, let me say, Coach Jeter was a player at Union High School when I was a kid, and I'm, like, looking out there, watching them go, you know, fly around and smack people around. You know, I wanted to be a Yellow Jacket because of guys like Coach Jeter and those guys that he played for or played with. And then I was at no E. Uh, e and our buddies through some, you know, mutual friends. And, you know, e, E's made his way up in the rankings quite quickly. You know, young guy that's made his way up to a defensive coordinator position. And uh, we're super excited about having you guys. Um, so, Coach Jeter, I kind of gave you, like, I'll let you kind of go first. I kind of said a little bit about you. But just give us a little bit about your coaching background. First of all, I appreciate you calling me old in a nice way that you did. <laughs> I really appreciate it. You know you, my boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cam, you kind of said it, man. I played in Union, got baptized in that that black and gold tradition, and, you know, kind of stuck with it for a long time. You know, I'm still a yellow jacket at heart. But uh, played in the heyday, one of the heydays. Um, got my passion for the game there. Uh, wasn't a great student, all right. So I wound up going to Union College, Kentucky, playing a little NAIA ball. Uh, came back home. They called, started coaching, and coach you as your your senior year. And you know, I loved it at home, but I, I needed more opportunities, so I left. Went to Newberry and was DC there for a little while. Now I'm the head coach, so I'm just a football guy, man. This this is what I do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, to me and you, and obviously, I'm sure a lot of people out here, obviously it hasn't been as much lately, but Union is high school football. You know, everybody knows Union because of high school football and stuff like that. And obviously you played on some really good football teams back in the day. And, I, you know, honestly, I was a kid watching you guys, you know, and you guys come over to the elementary school or middle school and, like, you know, I want to be one of those guys one day. So, you know, you came through a good program, and now you've, you know, you've coached in some good places, and obviously this was your first year as a head coach, man. And, you know, as a, as a former union, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you just because of that much. So, uh, you know, again, just happy that you could be a part of it tonight, Coach. Well, shoot, man, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's guys like you. I mean, I know I, I coach you and coach with you. 
I always tell people, man, it's the people you're around. You know, I've been around some great people, some great players, great coaches, and they've all elevated each other. I mean, they they helped me out. We helped help them out. So you know, it's the guys, man. It's the players, the coaches that coach with the, the Langenfields and the Robinsons. You know, deal with those people, make you better. So you just had a lot of good people. Yeah, that's right, coach. Yeah, but again, you know, glad to have you on here. Um, we're gonna get you in here and talk a little linebacker play here too. Um, our other guest, Coach Ethan Campbell, you know, obviously a defensive coordinator at Clinton High School. So, E, go ahead and give us a little bit of background about you and your coaching career. Um, I played at Whitmer High School with my brother, now the head coach. I started coaching football at 19 at Mid-Carolina High School. I was fortunate enough to step right onto a varsity football staff as the inside linebackers coach. And I coached there up until three years ago. I was also the head wrestling coach at 20 years old at Mid Carolina High School. Um, I've been at Clinton for three years now, and uh, under Coach Corey Fountain, who I've really learned a lot from. It's been a it's been a good good experience to move to a different school and see a different way of doing things. And that's pretty much the gist of it. I've just like kind of like Coach Jeter said. I've always been a football guy it's always been my passion ever since I was seven years old I wanted to be on a football field and it kind of just transformed into becoming a football coach and here we are and another thing just playing off of coach Jeter again is you're fortunate enough to meet guys like I know you obviously Cam and I met coach Jeter through football and you you just get to be around a lot of good guys and develop relationships with people that you normally probably wouldn't meet and that's probably one of my favorite things about the profession is being able to grow and meet men that have the same interest as you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's cool because, like, we're sitting here doing this, and it's like I know you guys, and, and we're not anywhere close to each other right now. We're, me and Coach Fields are down here in the low country, you know, and Coach Jeter's kind of up Midlands, upstate, that area, and then ease up in the upstate. And just, just like you talk about, the people that you meet and, and you bond with throughout this whole – process that we call coaching you know it, it's pretty cool man and you know like I said two guys I'm excited to have on here obviously I know you guys personally but I also know that you guys were are, are good at what you do and uh, I know that coach Fields is excited too well, give us something coach Fields I know you got some inside linebacker talk tonight man I'm just excited man um, just gonna sit back and listen to these guys and finally got some backup okay Finally got some backup <laughs> we've had episode after episode and these guys are like I'm an offensive guy I coach quarterbacks. You know what I mean? I, I, I get it. Cam is like that. <laughs> yep. get all the offensive guys he can, all the quarterbacks, right. all the pretty boys. Listen, you got you got to score points to win. I mean, because if you hold the other team to zero and then they hold us to zero, it's a tie. We don't want that. We got to score points yeah, to win. You can score on defense. <laughs> there it is. Facts. There it is. Facts. There it is. No, that's awesome, guys. So, uh, yeah, good little – that's kind of our opening kick segment. Um, we'll, you know, we got some, some questions for you guys that, that we're going to jump into and, you know, a lot of different things. Try not to keep you too long, but we'll go ahead and jump into this first drive segment. First drive segment. So, we just got one question in this first drive segment. Uh, obviously, we're talking inside linebacker play today with Coach Cedric Jeter and Coach Ethan Campbell. So, uh, Coach Jeter, you kind of went first. I'll kind of throw this one to E and let him start this one off. But, all right. Question in the first drive segment. What makes an inside linebacker the QB of the defense? E? Uh, we are inside linebackers. 
which we base out of a four-two-five, but I kind of include that nickel player in the inside linebacker because there are times that he has to get in the box. Um, they are the quarterback of the defense because I expect them to be able to line everyone up. They need to be able to get us in the right front against whatever personnel we're seeing, and they also have to be able to get us in the coverage that we need to be in. Uh, not so much coverage-wise as the with the mic, but he still has to know it. But our wheel and our stud, which are our two hang players, um, they've got to be able to get into the correct coverage. Uh, and we are fortunate enough that this past year we had a couple two- and three-year starters, and there were games going into game planning on Monday that they already knew the coverages and what fronts we were going to run. So at that point, it's, it's just it's dress rehearsal all over again. And they were able to get us into those sets. And I told a couple people towards the end of region play that I could, there were some Fridays <coughs> or most general situations where I could have not been there. And our inside linebackers and one of our safeties would have gotten us in the right set. I wouldn't have had to make a call they would have got us in a steady set against that formation. And it helps that when you have people that will, one, take lead, but two, are knowledgeable enough to place other people where they're supposed to be. Coach Fields, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you – I'm sorry, go ahead, E. My bad. Uh, one last thing is um, when, when you talk defensive, the main thing is lining up correctly. Because when you miss a line, that's when big plays happen. So if you're making sure that your guys, the inside linebackers, can make sure not only themselves are aligned correctly, but the front and the back half are aligned correctly, then you're, you're already starting in a good good spot. Just get lined up and pursue the football. Yeah, and I can speak from the other side of that. You know, just offensively, you talk about it. if you're not lined up right, and I, we see it, it's it's usually a problem. I mean, if you're if you're misaligned. Um, because, I, again, I'm one of those people that looks out there and I'm looking for those alignments. Like, how is the outside linebacker lined up to my slot? Or, you know, where are the inside linebackers at? Where's the safety? What's his level? You know, stuff like that. So, if you're misaligned, you're, you're right there. And, uh, you know, Coach Fields, and this is kind of an inside lineman, so I'm letting you kind of interject in here like when you want to, man. I, I, don't let me talk the whole time. Let these guys roll. Coach Jeter, what do you think? <laughs> what, what's your take on this? I'll come back at the end and, and kind of recap it. Well, Coach Fields, good to meet you, first of all. And I'm glad yes, sir. That we're the first defensive guys to come on here. Um, inside Two linebacker, good ones. Yeah, of course he's quarterback of the defense, right? But you know, it's 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 kind of it's what he's been saying. He's right in the middle of the defense. He's an harder defense. He's going to communicate with the front end and the back end. A lot of times, you want your inside linebacker to make that scrimmage call because they're they're looking at the formation the offense is coming out in. If you think about it, you know where they're located. They're going to fit in the run game, right? And they're going to be involved in pass coverage as well. So, linebacker is the only position where you you got to defend the run and the pass, and it's it's really all on you. Like if you blow an assignment coverage wise, that's a huge problem, especially with the RPO game. You know, when people in certain tight ends and throwing bubbles and all this stuff, uh, the linebacker has to be able to defend and pass. The run game, you know, they got to be able to fit the run. That's crucial. You got to stop the run first. So it's primarily because of their location on the defense. They're in the middle of everything. You know, they, they're equally involved in pass coverage and in runs. Um, getting getting you lined up, strength calls, tendencies, 
all that stuff is going to run through your inside linebacker first. And then maybe your free safety. And then maybe, you know, we this year we had a nose guard who's a four-year starter. Really called, good player. Dude called coverage, called strength calls. He shipped our front. He was the inside linebacker. And it was crazy because I never had it. It got to a point where he would call a play. He would predict what I'm going to call, and it would be right 60% of the time. He was signaling, Coach, you about to call that? Like, yeah. So, you know, that's what happens with a four-year starter. That's but pretty impressive. he ran the defense. Yeah. It just played the all-star game. He's running defense. But, you know, that inside linebacker, man, where his location is at, he has to be involved. He has to be the quarterback of the defense. So it's, it's crucial. It's crucial that you have somebody. Yeah, so real quick, before Coach Fields, before you give him some, I got a fun question for both of them real quick. Coach Jeter, how many times in your career do you think you were misaligned? Me personally? Yeah. Uh, not much. I, sl- I like it. I like it. Not much. E, what about uh, you? Maybe, maybe once or twice when I was young. <laughs> um, I, not, not much at all. We were in a uh, in high school. We played a 3-5 stack, and I was one of the stack guys. It's really hard to be misaligned yeah. when you're in that. <laughs> so, now, uh, maybe blitz a wrong gap once or twice, but nah. That's that's awesome. I, I, that's the answer I would expect from both of you guys. Obviously. I think that's, but I think that's a generational thing though, because back then, you know, and Ethan's not as old as I am, but our high school coaches made it simple. They let the players play. Yeah. Get lined up in the twenty technique. Get lined up in the thirty. If you plan this stack, make sure you stack on top of the tackle and go play ball. I mean, it, they didn't make it complicated. We um, just a quick story. I maybe take twenty seconds. Maybe a little longer. I'm, I'm counting. We were playing Ridge Spring Mineta to go to the Upper State Championship. Dez is senior year, all right? We were 10 and 1 at the time. And we, when they got a tight end, I was the walk up guy. And we had rehearsed our practice this play where they ran a quick pitch off of the edge. And I was hammering it all week. And big drive, it was a two point play. I get sucked inside and he beats me to the edge. And I got the worst butt chewing of my life going to the sideline from Eric Thompson because it's something we've worked all week and I made a, a bonehead play on it and it cost us a big two-point conversion. Not E.T. <laughs> oh, yeah, he got me pretty good. I, wait, so I should have called Dez to come be on the quarterback uh, position last uh, week, huh? He think, he think <laughs> I hope he listens to this for sure. Uh, all right, Coach Fields, all right, I know you're itching. Like, come on, what, you can elaborate yeah. on some of this stuff. Talk to him. I'm itching. No, so piggybacking off these guys, they're in the middle. And honestly, uh, from a coaching standpoint, your DC is normally close to them as well. Um, He's normally either coaching those guys or he's coaching the outside backers. I know there's a new age of the DC is the DB guy, but honestly, if you don't have experience (laughs) at inside linebacker coaching wise, it's not good in high school ball. Um, we can sit here and talk about passing concepts all day long, but if you can't stop the run, you're not having a good defense. So I think what makes that inside backer special is he does a little bit of everything. If your three technique isn't lined up right, he better be able to move them. So I think it just comes down to kind of the quarterback episode. He's held to elite standards. If your inside linebacker is not held to elite standards in your defense, to me, you're doing it wrong. Um, 
personally with what I like to do, the three, four, four, two stuff, uh, a little different than what we do here at Cane Bay, but even our mic now on the four, three, that kid is held to elite standards, just like a quarterback would be on offense. So I think it's, and honestly, like coach Ramsey said last week, when you're an inside linebacker coach, you don't have a bunch of guys. Um, sure. You may have eight guys, you know, at practice, but when it comes down to it, you got two or three guys and one of them better be your dude, you know, at least one of them, hopefully all of them, but you have a special connection if you're the inside linebackers coach with your inside backer. I mean, at most you're playing with three of them, right? So a little different than the offensive line, a little different than the wide receivers. I mean, inside linebackers are special to me, man. Um, I, I love coaching them. I love being an outside linebacker coach too and getting some time with those inside guys. It's just a, it's a special position, man. It's, it's completely different to me than anybody else on the defense. Yes, you have to do your job, but like these coaches have been talking about, you have to make sure everybody else is doing their job as well. Well, all I, I miss coaching them. Listen, I, I, all, right, I know, right. all I know is I, as a quarterback, didn't want to see those inside linebackers, that's for sure. They're always the ones that wanted to fight me in practice because you're not supposed to hit me, but they still wanted to come in there and hit me. And some of them, they were crazy enough to come in there and actually hit me. So, um, yeah, nah, but – that, so wait, I got you know, a question. You know, you know, I'm thinking about like who that was, right? Oh, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna say the name, but I, I, I can get you it. was coaching them up. You probably, you probably told him to come in there and hit me. <laughs> you was probably coached you to talking about go back there and hit Willis. Just, just raise it a little bit. <laughs> nah, it was fun times, man. Um, so wait, so do all middle linebackers supposed to look like Ray Lewis? Right? They all look like Ray Lewis. Yeah, yeah, and they can all play just like him. Yeah, yeah. If it's a perfect world, yeah, man, of course. Yeah, awesome. Make them look. All right, sweet. So that's kind of our first drive. Um, awesome answers from everybody again, and we're gonna get more insight because Coach Fields has been waiting on this. You know, this is kind of his stuff too. So um, we're gonna, you know, cut the first drive there, and we're gonna move on to our fun segment, the two-minute drill, fellas. We're gonna see how well you do. All right. All right. Segment. Obviously, we've got some. Uh, defensive guys on here tonight talking some inside linebacker play. Coach Cedric Jeter and Coach Ethan Campbell. All right, fellas, this is the two-minute drill. You obviously haven't seen these questions. Uh, I'm going to ask them to you. So it's weird. Fields is usually here with me, but he's not now. So I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, I guess, around based off the screen I'm looking at. Coach Jeter, you'll go first. E, Coach Campbell, you'll go second. Coach Fields will go, and then I'll answer the end. So everybody good? Yep. All right, we're going to see if y'all can beat it in two minutes. Here we go, starting now. All right, Coach Jeter, Chick-fil-A or Zaxby's? Chick-fil-A. Zaxby's. Chick-fil-A, that's God's chicken. <laughs> All right, Hunter oh, Fish. Neither. <laughs> Turkey Hunt. Yep. Uh, Fish. Coach Fields, you got to go third, not second. You're ruining it. All right. All right. Sorry, let's keep it rolling. Drums or flats? Oh, that's tough. Drums. 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 All right, odd or even front. Have to stay in one. You can't move. You got to stay in one. Who does that? <laughs> got to keep going, coach. You got to uh, keep going, coach. All right. E? Even. Odd. Uh, odd. Um, ribeye or New York strip? Ribeye. Ribeye. Strip. I'll go ribeye. All right, hot weather or cold weather? Hot. Cold. 
cold. I like cold too, weirdly enough. On the field or up top if you're calling the game? On the field. On the field. Up top. Yeah, I'm on the field too. All right, bacon or sausage for breakfast? Meat, candy, bacon. I'm putting both of them in a bowl of grits and eating them together. <laughs> Come on now, bacon. Bacon. All right, signal or wristband? Both. <laughs> Y'all are cheating. Uh, signal. Signal. Yeah, signal. All right, heavy pressure or play bass? Pressure. Pressure. Base. Pressure, baby, pressure. All right, big inside backer or twitchy small inside backer? Big. I, I'll take big in the middle, twitchy on the outside. <laughs> I'll go twitchy. I'll go a little different here. I won't be. I won't Ray Lewis. All right, last one, zoner man. Zone. Uh, man. I'm going to cheat, pattern matching. <laughs> hey. Man, hey. baby. All right, so – that was a two-minute drill. I don't know if we made it under two minutes or not. It might have been a little long because I'm not. I'm no looking way. at the time. So yeah, it, it. You think it doesn't go fast, but it it goes pretty quickly. Um, but yeah. So there's your two-minute drill. Question. Yeah. So we we try to have a little fun with it. So that's our two-minute drill. Uh, we'll go ahead and close this one out, and then we'll jump into our air it out segment. And I'm just, you know, we were off air there a little bit. I just wanted to elaborate for everyone that's listening that the defensive coaches cheated in a two-minute drill. They didn't answer the questions like they were supposed to. They didn't pick one. So, wouldn't you know it, defensive coaches, right? Hey, did, we, did we come in at two minutes, though? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to actually go back and look at it. I, I don't know if it was two minutes or not. Not a penalty until close. the flag is thrown, man. That, well, yeah. yeah, offensive guys working the clock. You hear it, right? <laughs> yeah. That is true. You got me on that one. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, anyway, good job, fellas, with the two-minute drill. So, now this is the aired out segment. Uh, obviously, Fields and I call it our meat and, meat and taters or meat and potatoes, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is what you guys, what we wanted you on here for, uh, for the, the inside linebacker play. So, I'll go ahead and start it out. Um, first question, uh, you can go first or, or you need to eat right now. E, oh, by the way, E's on his honeymoon or, or the beginning of his honeymoon. So, congratulations, E, for getting married and, and being on your honeymoon right now and still jumping on here to talk to us. I tricked her into marrying me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, congrats. So, we'll let, I tell you, let Coach Jeter go first so you can get a little snack in, all right? All right, Coach all right. Jeter. All right, we're, we're going to start with your program's current scheme uh, for background. Are you a two-linebacker system, three-four, four-two, three-linebacker? Just tell us kind of what system you are. Well, uh, we've ran a, been running 3-3 three, three the last couple of years. Uh, I think I'm, we may need to tweak it just based on personnel. we got some young guys coming up. We got to use on defense, so we might need to change what we do. But we've been a three-three. All right, E, you good? Yeah. All right, tell us kind of about your your defensive background, what you what your scheme and stuff is right now. Um, when I first got to Clinton, Coach Fountain uh, and I talked, we thought we'd be best three-four, and then halfway through last year, we kind of made a transition to like a four-two look, and we stayed with it, and we we've been four-two for about a year and a half now and it's um playing with a more of a banded in than a true dm but it's been very it was very good to us last year and i'm not gonna stand here and or sit here and tell you that that was because of scheme we had some pretty good players last year and i, I don't i don't pretend that it's all me because it's not when you've got people uh like bryson james and hezekiah connard and justin copeland and 
just I can name several guys that we're going to miss. It helps a lot, but it's four two five is what we base out of. Studs is what he's telling they were, me. We they were fortunate this year. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, so all right, so Coach Eater bouncing back to you, like, so have you? Is this pretty much always been kind of what you've done, or talk about some different Not different so things you've hard. done? So I kind of give you this. In high school, you know, we played a fifty front. I don't know if you paid attention to what we did in Union. But we he was only 50- watching the offense. Yeah, he's only watching the offense. <laughs> but we played a fifty front with a walked off defensive end that could back up into coverage and give us our four man front. So, you know, just starting off. As an inside linebacker play, we initially we learned how to read guards in Union because we played the 50 front, two inside linebackers. Leave Union High School, the only thing you know how to do is read guards and drop hook curl. That's it. Go to Union College, play a 3-3, you got to learn all five. So you learn interior three and you learn two hangs. And the good thing, well, I got lucky because when Tannehill came to Union, he was a 3-3 guy and I played in it for five years. So, was well versed in all the positions, know how the D line should fit. Uh, coming to Newberry, we were a four man front when I first got here because we had big guys. And that's like, that's really, if I got the dudes up front, we're running four man front. If we don't have the dudes up front, we're going to run a three man front. It's really that simple. It's hard to find big linemen, you know, and you got to share them with the offense. So if we got a bunch of big linemen, four-man front. We don't have a bunch, three-man front. But I've been in 3-3 three, three, last two or three years. The big thing I like about it is being unpredictable. You don't know what kind of front we're going to create. You don't know where the D-line or linebacker is going to be lined up. So I like being in 3-3 three, three just to be unpredictable because guys are counting the box. Guys are looking at who they're going to block down and kick out. And I like to put people in different places. So it helps your linebackers out because you can kind of hide where they're going to be at. Yeah, you know me. I, I hate that stuff. I get out of that 3-3. Three, three, I can't stand that stuff, man. Because like you said, it's, it's so unpredictable. Because you got literally any of those guys can come at any point And you ain't – I mean, sure, you can, you can watch film and, and you can try to find some tendencies and stuff like that. But at any point, you can kind of – you can go out there in one game and you can try to do something to, I guess, defy those tendencies. So – you know, it's it's one thing that as an offensive coach, I, I'm not too uh, excited about seeing that kind of stuff. So, E, what about have some other stuff, maybe other schemes that you've been involved in? What about you? All right. So, my high school days, I spent in a, a 3-3 stack, and I played in that for three, four years, excuse me. And um, by the time my senior year rolled around, Coach Thompson, who was my defense coordinator, as a senior, he was allowing me to call – some games like whether we were winning big or what it was but he would just hand it over to me as a high school kid and I would make the defensive calls now my first coaching gig was at mid-carolina high school which was also under coach Thompson he went the year after I graduated and uh I coached with him in the the 3-3 stack and y'all are 100% right uh stack is the best defense for causing confusion Uh, I'm not a big one high guy I like to have two high that's why one of the main reasons that I do not – we do not implement implement the stack. Now, I have coached straight 4-3, and then when I, I told you all earlier we came to Clinton, we were 3-4 for a little bit, and now we're just 4-2, which our 4-2 look um, 
very easily can become a 4-4 four, four or 4-3, four, but base, it's 4-2. Um, when we do go to a 4-4 four, four look, uh, like I told you, I don't really enjoy having just one high safety. It, it, I'm just not a fan of it. But that's what the gist of what we do. Gotcha. So I guess my next thing, I'm going to kind of jump to a, a different question and I'll come back to something in a little bit. What? How, how much like freedom do you give your guys – in your defense, like your inside guys in your in your defense, Ethan, I'll let Coach Jeter answer after you. Um, freedom is in making calls, or freedom is in what? Coach Field, you want to elaborate? Like, what, what kind of freedom are we looking at here? I, I guess it would be towards making your calls, um, getting kids in the right place, uh, kind of making you right when you're wrong type deal. Um. My, a lot of our stunts are based off of what the offense gives us. So I will call whatever stunt we have, and then they will see the alignment and run the stunt accordingly. Now, just speaking from a D.C. standpoint and not a linebacker standpoint, our, our secondary has more free range than our linebackers do to get us in the correct coverage. Um, and I may not even call the coverage – and unless we've got a stun on or something, and they know what coverage to get in depending on the formation we're in. Um, so I would say our secondary has more freedom than anyone, but our linebackers, I don't know if you would call it freedom, but they know the call and they adjust according to the formation of how they need to run the call. That way, that way, not to say that we don't make mistakes defensively, but that way whatever call I make, is ran right against the formation. Gotcha. Coach Jeter, what about you? Like, talk about some of the freedom your guys have. Well, when you say freedom, you maybe think, you know, what style of defense are you running? Are you running a defense based on stunts and blitzes? Or are you running a read and react defense? If you're running stunts and blitzes, you're going to call the stunts and blitzes, the guy's going to go where you tell them to go. If you're running a read and react defense, the linebackers probably have a little bit more freedom because they have to read and react. And it's more based on where the D lineman fits. I got to fit cloudy to clear. So just you making me think about two different types of play. If you're playing linebacker, you're reading react because a linebacker like, like Ray Lewis is a reading react guy. If you watch his film, he's always running something down. He's hardly ever on a blitz. He's always just, just playing free, reading his keys and flying to the football. So it's kind of two schools of linebacker play. Are you you're a blitzing guy or you're a reading react guy? Reading react guys have a lot more freedom because they know how to read and react. You got some guys they can't read and react. You send him where you want him to go. You know, when you was in Union Camp, TJ Glenn was that guy. You send him where we want him to go. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Really, yeah, he's really fast. Oh yeah, he gets there. He gets there angry. Yeah, we're gonna put him where we want to put him. And we're going to let the guys who can read and react, read and react and play and be free to, to roam around and make plays. Absolutely. Off of what he's doing. So yeah. just kind of two schools of linebacker yeah. play. Coach Fields, go ahead and throw your – like your your philosophy in there. Um, I guess to keep it simple, I'm a big like react and attack, okay? And I don't necessarily tell the kids that because um, sometimes when they think like that, it'll slow them down. So – if I'm talking to kids, it's attack and react while you're attacking. But when it comes down to coach speak, we're going to read and we're going to react to it um, at linebacker. I'm 
I'm huge on basing out of a two linebacker system, whether it's a three, four or four, two, uh, I coached in the four, two for a long time at Berkeley. Uh, when I took the job at cross coach, Wright Was like, man, I kind of want you to run the three front. And I was always real against it. Um, was real against it till I learned from coach Pelham when he got to white and old, we met with him and, you know, watched the Glazier film that, uh, everybody's seen at this point, but I kind of just went all in on that at cross my year up there and the kids loved it. And it was a lot like the four, two. Uh, so I'm a two linebacker system type of guy. I'd like to be able to be, these guys are going to agree. It's great to be multiple. Um, so that can give you some different looks at inside backer. But as far as the freedom, man, when you are reading and reacting, your inside backers have a lot of freedom. Um, I want to be able to make a call. And if it's messed up or we're misaligned, I want those inside linebackers to get us in the right formation, the right alignment, the right call, right stunt. Um, the guy I work with right now at Kane Bay, we're a 4-3 type team. We play some 4-2, but um, if you don't spread us out, we're going to play 4-3 too high. And uh, our inside linebackers coach, really our linebackers coach, Coach Wash, he does a great job with uh, run stunts. And that Mike for him has to know a certain formation as this runs done automatically. Um, he does a great job during the week at practice, but he gives them a, a lot of freedom on the field. Uh, they see things before we do, you know? Um, so essentially in any kind of defense that I'm involved in, those inside linebackers are going to have a lot of freedom. Uh, they're not necessarily just going to have a gap, you know, they're going to have a read and they're going to react to it. So I listened to your quarterback, uh, pod this morning. Yep. And a lot of it was based on what the kids could do, right? Like if the kid can come in here and learn what they're doing and and have his reads and make these throws and get us in these plays, you know. And the same thing in linebackers, it's really based on what the kid can do. Like for me, I think it takes you about two years to learn how to read and react for me to let you go. Like I need to Facts. have you as a freshman. I need to have you as a sophomore. And then once I feel like you got it, like I'm still going to coach you, but I need to put my time into getting another guy ready to be able to read and react. Yeah, so I mean, it, I can honestly, really yeah, and, and it, it it does match up. Like I'm glad, you know, we, we chose this for a reason because we did quarterbacks. And like what you just said, like for me, an example, like I've had a, a, a quarterback that as a sophomore, I basically told him where to throw it and, you know, I made it easy for him, easy for him. Well, by the time he was a senior, when we checked to a play, he knew where it was going. And, I mean, yeah. Coach Jeter, you know from our time in union with Coach Tannehill, that's basically how he coached his quarterbacks. And I learned that. I'm like, you can just coach these guys. Just tell them where to throw it, especially early on. And, you know, yeah. eventually, by the time they get more comfortable and they know what we're looking at, and same thing with linebackers, like you said, I like to have them. If you get a kid that's a sophomore or, you know, freshman in a special case and you get to coach them up for that many years, you know, by the time they're a junior and senior, it, it ought to be rocking and rolling, right? Yeah. So, now, I'm, I get to read and react. What I guess I'm basing on is y'all, um, Coach Phil said, not so big on gaps. And I understand that. And you've got to react to where the football is. But I preach fitting your gap. Now, um, and we're going to talk about it, I think, when we get to our EDD segment. But we're gap sound. I'm not saying that you're not saying other the opposite way, not being gap sound. 
but this is my gap. Now we will gap exchange depending on what block we get. And that's a thing that I think a lot of people now we get lost in the let's wrong arm this, which um, we will teach too. But at that point it becomes a gap exchange because he's squeezing. Now that linebacker has to fit outside of him. Um, and I think we're saying the same thing in a different way because yeah. he's reacting to where he has to fit. But I guess me more so just personally speaking, if you're B gap and now this defensive end is squeezing and reducing down and taking B gap, you're now have to gap exchange with him and take care of the next gap over. And I, I, I have found with my guys that it, we are more successful when we tell them, you see this block, you've got to fit here. Or if you see this block, you just go ahead and fit your gap. Yeah, yeah we're, we're talking the same thing here. Um, yeah. I think it's a progression. Thing. Yeah, it's a progression. Everything's progression teaching, man. If you don't progression teach, then you're honestly, you're doing it wrong. Um, I'll argue with anybody with that. Not these two guys, but just in general, people are listening. You need to start with these gap fits especially with the young kids. And it's something you need to brush up on, you know, as the, as the season goes along. But to me at inside backer, you, you got to know you have that gap and this is what changes that. This is what makes you scrape yes. and you're the backside guy. You have that gap. But what I, what I really don't like is when guys are just like, you have this gap no matter what. And then, you know, the kid's always wrong <laughs> in, in that one, you know, so that's not what, Coach Campbell's not saying that. He's yes. saying everything. You have a gap, but this is what changes it. A gap exchange changes everything at inside linebacker. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. See, I, we teach that, but I teach that it's cloudy clear at linebacker when I was coaching them. I'm going to see it's going to be cloudy. Defense is going to crash and wrong arm. You need to work to clear. Yeah, so you and and you guys are. I'm gonna pause you guys for a second because we're gonna take a, a tiny little break. Let me get something to drink here. I've been sitting here for a while, but we're gonna let you guys get into some some individual type stuff here in a second because y'all are kind of starting to get into it now. So we're perfect kind of leadway into that. All right, so quick break. Be right back. All right, guys. So we'll go ahead and start with our EDDs, our everyday drills here. Uh, we'll start with Coach Jeter. So just give us a couple here that you do every day with these inside backers. Well, I'm kind of go over reprogression. Uh, go starting from the spring. Uh, I think you got to do keys and reads from the jump because it takes you a year or so to, to get them down packed. And I actually like to start off with an inside linebacker reading the backfield action first. And I teach them flows. I teach them a wide flow, an off tackle flow and a tight flow. So I give them a, like a, a toss sweep, a power, and an iso read. So you can get them working together and get them working, get the footwork right and working downhill to defend those runs. Because really, counter is going to hit off tackle. Uh, all of your, your inside zone stuff is going to kind of bend like iso. And you want to work wide runs for perimeter fits. So I, I will start with, and I call it a one read, reading the backfield first. And then I implement guards. So I go from one to two. So I put the guards in, and all of a sudden we're going to give you off tackle flow with a block down and kick out. So you got to be able to go from one to two. And it's really teaching triangle reads. That's all it is. You know, a lot of people, oh, don't teach triangle reads. Da, da, da. If the kid gets it down pat, you ain't got to coach him when it seems. So, you know, the keys and reads are the part where you got to have it. 
even if you blitz a lot, there's going to be some games where you can't blitz. Team runs jet sweep all the time, you might blitz yourself out of the play. So keys and reads are my big deal. You know, want to get the footwork right, got to be able to read your keys, got to be able to get to the football. That's the number one thing for me playing inside linebacker. Got to have those things. After that, tackling. And and then worse than reading it, getting there, doing everything right, and missing the tackle. Tackling, that that kills me. Tackling has to be stressed. I know people are going to hate to hear this. I'm old school when it comes to tackling. Uh, A lot of people do the halt tackling, near foot, near hip, all that fancy stuff. I'm going to get your head across. And I don't say get your head across. All right. But I, you know, I tell them face across the bow. I don't say the word head. Wrap up, run your feet, squeeze the shoulder blades into the ground when you hit them. All that good stuff. That's the stuff I'm coaching. That's how I grew up playing. If you watch the the NFL games, when a guy really hits a guy, they get their head across, they run their feet, and they wrap up. So keys and reads and some form of tackling are everyday drills for me. It could be light contact tackling. You know, I ain't trying to kill nobody, but we got to work it. Because ain't nothing worse than getting there. You're playing against Bryson James, and you get right in front of him, and you make him look like the magic man. Abracadabra, you miss. All right? That's the worst thing in the world. So you got to work on tackling. You know, you got to work on your your keys and reads. got to work on your footwork. So those are my basic everyday drills. And we kind of build from that. Like, I had, like, I like to have a drill catalog or a drill menu. We start from there and we branch out. We build out throughout the season. But those are the spring things. Coach Campbell, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um, no matter what drill we're doing, it's going to finish with a tackle. It, it's just It just does. Um, simple football, the people that block and tackle the best win the football game. All right, when you can eliminate missed tackles, you're going to be better on defense. And now I think the most important thing for um, eliminating missed tackles is what Coach Fountain does so well, which is the weight room. That's another tangent. Um, But everyday drills, we've got what I personally call myself the triangle drill, but the kids just know it as the drill because we started off. But it's not the traditional triangle drill that Coach Jeter's talking about. It's it's bag drills, but we set them up in a V. So I've got two people, two groups going on each side – one will go down the right side of the V, and the other person, as soon as he crosses face, goes down the left side of the V. And it's nothing but a shuffle. you got to start in a good stance, take a re-step, shuffle downhill. When you get to the last bag, I have another bag there that you straddle and shimmy your feet. I stopped saying breakdown about five years ago. I heard it at a clinic, and it stuck with me really well because people say breakdown. What's the first thing you think of when you hear breakdown? You stop your feet. Who stops their feet at contact? We shimmy, so we run our feet on the edges of that bag, get into a hip position with the lead foot under the chin, back legs, your power leg, drop through the bag. We'll have somebody holding the bag, or sometimes we'll just have a person stand there with his arms out, and we're going to do that every time. No drill ends without a tackle. And um, we've kind of implemented that across the board, defense line and DBs. We also, uh, something we're going to do at least once a week is a a tackling circuit, and sometimes twice a week. And do the kids love it? No, they don't. 
But when you start telling them, hey, we break it out on I love TTO, tackling turnovers. So they just know what's going to happen. They can complain. One day they'll love it and say, this is the most important thing in the world. And the next day they're like, oh, no, but we're <laughs> going to do it. Um, and then the last one is a, um, a gap exchange drill, which is what I was telling you all about in the last segment. And basically it is getting your eyes where they need to be. You've got to read the block. And we will sometimes incorporate the defensive line into this. And um, so we're fitting correctly. And if we don't have a defensive line with us, we'll just plug somebody in at DN or D tackle. And we fit where we're supposed to. Now, a lot of people, you don't hear many people say, read your defensive lineman. And I'm not telling them to look at the defensive lineman. But you've got to make him right. If he doesn't squeeze into B-gap, you've got to fit it. If he does squeeze well and wrong arm it, now you've got our gap exchange and fit and seat. So it's really learning how to play with the guy in front of you. And those are the two drills we do the most. So I'll just kind of piggyback here. Um, I do something similar to these guys. Uh, I'll be honest, Coach Campbell, I don't always finish with a tackle. That's something I've been guilty of and need to get a little better at myself. But Coming into the two linebacker system, I love to – we do a read drill, and I want that guy to know I'm the play side backer and I'm the back side backer, and we're going to fit hip to hip. A lot of our plays in the interior run game, we're going to fit hip to hip. We're going to finish who's got leverage where. Uh, that That's big for me as far as the progression from reads. Like, let's read guards. You know, I'm big on trash cans for tackles. Um, inside linebackers for guards, have a running back, um, all the basic stuff that everybody does. But one thing I like to do that I feel like is a little different from people is I love to teach that leverage and those guys finish hip to hip um, as far as the interior, you know, run game. Uh, triangle, big on a triangle, whether it's a front triangle or a back triangle. And then what Coach Campbell said too is the, the doggone gap exchange, man. I mean, I, I freaking – can't these two guys on this pod right now probably can't get enough of it um i love gap exchange i love getting about 10 minutes 15 minutes of indy and we're going with defense alignment we're fitting with outside linebackers in the three four we're working on that gap exchange uh stance i think is something that people don't harp on enough uh my guys at cross last year were, were guilty of not getting in that good stance so stance in the very beginning you know in everything we do having that weight on our on our toes, on our front foot, where I don't take that false step. I think that's huge. Yeah, if you it, obviously, I'm, I'm gonna talk. Just let everybody know I'm still here because <laughs> I'm just, I'm just for what I'm taking it all in. Obviously, I mean, you know, this is again, I enjoy listening to defensive guys talk, and, and Coach Fields is coached with me as well, and he can tell you like when they have their meetings on Sundays and stuff like that, I'm, I stick around a little bit and kind of listen to what they're talking to and stuff like that. So. You know, I'm, I'm taking all this in, even though I ain't saying a whole lot. But this is, you know, some outstanding stuff that you guys are talking about. Um, I love it, for sure. Everybody knows that defensive meetings are harder than offensive meetings. Oh, absolutely. I'm not going to – I'll never disagree with that. Listen, we ain't changing a whole lot. Y'all the ones that got to see different <laughs> offenses every week. All right, are they in an even or an odd? Are they uh, they one high, two high? All right, we can go home. There we go. That's, That's pretty much That's what it. it is. That's it. That's pretty That's much it. what it is. That's all you need to do. Matter of fact, I'm going to get the works against that. The offensive guys can stay and help with the defensive yeah. guys if you want us to. I'll draw up some stuff. It don't matter. Yeah, I'll just get in the way. <laughs> now, Cam did not at Berkeley. He did a great job of just listening. 
he'd throw a suggestion in every once in a while, but you offensive guys are just getting the way, Bo. Only when asked, though. I didn't – if y'all said, oh, what right. would you do here, I'd say, well, this is what I would do against that, and that's pretty much all I'd ever say. But Throw the double post. No yeah. big deal. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm taking Ethan's – T- Listen, I'm taking Ethan's TTO, but I'm going to call it touchdown takeover. How about that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's good stuff. All right, so – we, you know, I feel like you guys could continue like talking about this stuff, you know, all night. I'm gonna kind of switch gears on you a little bit. Let's let's talk about some of the things that give your guys fits on Friday nights. Like, give it. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. But give us an idea of like what might give your guys fits on Friday nights. Coach Jeter, go ahead. I'm gonna start. Off, I'm actually gonna start off with Clinton. All right. So, and just because Ethan's here, but Clinton, <laughs> but Clinton runs a unique offense, right? And it's it's kind of, it's double wing, but it, they give you some spread elements, and it's all out of the gun. I'm glad they didn't run any tight end against us too. Um, yeah, because that's a whole other subject. But you know, Clint Clint gives you a good blend, and they don't run as much jet sweep as they used to. But Buck Sweep is making a comeback. All right, I just want you to know, Buck Buck Sweep is making a huge comeback. You start you see with Clint, you know two years ago, but I think six teams on our schedule this year ran a version of Buck Sweep. And if you, if you don't understand Buck Sweep, it's going to get you every single time. Really. And you think, oh, we're just going to read the guards and we're going to try to squeeze and wrong on what's Buck Sweep. You're not going to wrong on a guard getting depth and climbing to the second level. He's just going to log you. And guys... I'm not saying guys don't know what they're doing, but a lot of times guys don't recognize that it's buck sweeping. They're thinking, oh, it's counter. No, it ain't counter. It ain't blocking down and kicking out. That guard is coming up to the second level to get somebody. You got to find a way to stop them getting to the second level. So buck sweep is the new the new fad here, and Clinton's been running it for a while, and they've been doing a great job. But I know Mick Carolina ran buck sweep this year. Baseball ran buck sweep. Like I said, Six teams on our schedule version of Buck Sweep. Buck Sweep's tough, especially at because you you teach them guard reason, you teach them counter, 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 counter. And then they see Buck and the guards getting depth and going to the second level and coming to get them. And it's causing you issues because you've been teaching gap exchange, scrape over top, fit off the end. And you do that, you just get logged by the guard. So Buck Sweep has been a we, – we did a decent job against this year. But buck sweep is something that gives those young guys problems because they can't recognize the depth of the pool. Absolutely, yes, Kevin. You look like you look like we're speaking Chinese. I know. You, no, you know. no. I listen. Trust me. I've been. It's trendy. <laughs> I, it's coming back. You know, a lot of people are starting to do it more so often. So, uh, you know, that's if I ask a lot of people, they'd probably say the same thing. So, um, yeah, good answer. E, what about you? Um, I would just say probably just just traditional counter. Um, because, and I say traditional counter, just misdirection in general, um, especially this year. Now we started, uh, a very good outside linebacker, our stud, and then we had two sophomores in the middle majority of the year, besides a couple games that one of them missed. And they're both really good players. Um, but when your eyes get caught up in the backfield and you see that, uh, counter step, it, that really messes your gaps up uh, because if you take two steps towards that counter step and it hits quick to the opposite side 
and for young players, that that really hurts. Now, it didn't hurt us as bad this year because we were pretty fast on the defensive um, and in the secondary and at linebacker. So that misstep, we were able to make up for and get back to it. But any type of misdirection, I feel like, is going to affect the high school kid. Now, I um, – I, Hold on, I got a phone alarm going off in here. Yeah, One second. So you got, Coach Hamlin's got two phones, man. They make that kind of money at Clinton, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, Clinton ain't the same old Clinton cam. <laughs> Coming up they, with the with the misdirection stuff, it's just tough on a, a kid when you're you're preaching read the guard, read the guard, read the guard, and then the few plays that his eyes get caught in the backfield, it can hit big. But um, that just comes to you got to be disciplined in your in your Run fits. Coach Fields, what is what you want to add to it? Yeah, so I got a I got two or three things. So the first thing is terrible interior play up front and defensive tackle. Um <laughs> that's kind of my joke, you know. An inside linebacker, the first thing he's gonna the first person he's gonna dog is that interior tackle if he's not doing his job. If that guard is coming off to that inside backer, it it's not going to be good. So that first thing I would say is, you know, when the offensive line is getting those doubles and working up to that second level, that's the thing that gives an inside linebacker fits because no matter what he's reading, he can't get there. Um, I think the second thing is, especially staying in a two linebacker system, anytime those two guys get separated, anytime you can pick on one of them and the other one is by himself. Uh, Just for an example, we thought we would get cute at Berkeley one year. Uh, Coach Kirby talked about this quarterback a little bit, but they they sling it around at Goose Creek, and we thought we would get cute because we had an absolute stud at inside backer. So we played a 4-1. Um, and that kid all year was used to having a backside linebacker fit when he was the play side guy, okay? So we, would, we worked on it during the week. Our inside linebacker coach worked on it. But guess what happened in the game? He, he reverted back to – that play's coming to me. I'm going to rip outside shoulder of that guard. And there was nobody there. We, we didn't have a backside guy there quick enough. So, to me, anytime you can separate those two inside linebackers, if you're playing against two of them, you screw with one of them, it's really going to mess up your integrity of your defense, honestly. Um, I think another thing is when people start doing these damn pop passes and play action <laughs> off of gap scheme. Okay, um, I'll be honest with you. Power read is is so scary at inside linebacker. It's another pin pull concept. Somerville did a great job with it when we were at Berkeley with the the Bennett kid who's at Liberty. That cat was a master of power read. It it would screw us up so bad in our base defense, kind of like these guys talked about with Buck Sweet. Buck Sweet. It, yeah. It's a pin pull concept when it comes down to it, and when you screw our defensive end and trick him into squeezing and then you start screwing that play side linebacker so we would have some counters off of that with us to change responsibilities but guess what the counter offensively was throw the damn pop pass to the slot and you start sucking the inside backer up man and start throwing it in that second level that it's you're wrong you're always wrong at inside it's backer it's cheating Exactly. When people start doing that, that gap scheme stuff, man, I love it. I love to defend it. It's fun to me. I love when people run power and counter myself. 
Uh, May River did a great job with that this year. They would go two tight end sets. They would go three tight end sets. They would go tight end wing, tight end on the backside, man. And they found angles to our four, three and our Mike shrine bowl kid, but he was wrong just because of angles. We had to adjust. I mean, we ended up winning that football game. We technically shut him out, but they had an 18 play drive just because they got the angles on our inside backers. So I think that's it. I went off on a tangent, but that's a couple of things that really screw with inside backers. Yeah. So I, I hate tight ends, by the way. Well, you know, so what I'm going to do is we're going to take a break here because I need to go out and tweet to everybody that's going to be listening to this. Hey, offensive coaches, like make sure you listen to this segment because yeah. these defensive guys hate this stuff right here. So you go ahead and get your notepad ready. All I'm right. rolling there on tight ends because I'm going to cut the <laughs> hell out of it. You might lose and they're not playing that now. Nah, man, this is good stuff. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Right back in this one. This is some good stuff. I, again, I, I joke, but these guys, you know, obviously, Co if you can see Coach Fields in my in my Google Meet right here, this dude's like shaking his head, smiling. He ain't, he ain't smiled this Finally. much since Thanksgiving dinner. That's that's what I know. This is the bread and butter, <laughs> This is the good stuff. Yeah, no, it is good stuff. All right, so jumping into, I guess, kind of a we're gonna kind of shift gears again. We're talking about lower level stuff. So, how do you guys handle your lower level linebackers? And if you got them, they're, they're coaches in the lower level as well. Uh, e, you go ahead. You start this one out. Um, I, myself, and another guy coached varsity and JV linebackers together. So um, we handle it as one. But um, those guys are doing, excuse me, the exact same thing that, that we do. Now, it may be a little less complicated, but as far as verbiage, and drills, they're doing the same thing. Um, be a little more patient with them just because it's probably brand new to them. But um, I think it's wise that those freshmen and sophomores are seeing the exact same thing. That way, if they are starting as – like I had told you, we had two sophomores starting at linebacker this year. Well, they already knew the verbiage because they were and the drills because they were doing them the previous year. So – and I'm not saying we don't throw new drills in and out, but like you've said before, the meat and potatoes of it is this is what we expect. And they learn that when they, they hit the first practice. And um, we, we build off of it from there. It's a whole lot easier to build a, a strong system when the foundation is laid early. Um, you don't want to get a junior that hasn't heard this verbiage or hasn't, talked about the gap exchange stuff or been taught on film about gap exchange and now as a junior he's trying to figure it out and hopefully by region time he's got it well that's what jv football is for that jv football is for figuring out schemes and where you fit into the equation that way by the first and second game of your first varsity start you're you're right where you need to be yeah, that's good stuff what about you coach g Kind of along the same lines, man. You wanna you wanna be patient, you know. If you got a if you got a JV guy that's coaching linebackers, you wanna have him doing the same drills and using the same terminology that you use. Um, big thing is making sure you kind of simplify like the the keys and reads and the drills that you're doing to get them going fast first. You know, and I learned this when I was in Union. You wanna get them playing fast. You know, get them confident, get them playing fast. So if you got to take the guards out the reads and you're doing the triangle read drill, 
take the guards out so they can play fast first. Then add them in once they get comfortable with the drill. You know, that's that's the big thing. We want guys, we want young guys to play fast, be confident in what they're doing, play with aggression. So you want to be patient with them, but make it simple and easy enough for them to do it. You know, you don't want to come in with some day one senior stuff. This kid should know it. You know, just just be patient with them. And the big thing is identifying the guys. You need to inside linebackers like quarterbacks. You got to find a guy early. You got to find two or three guys you think he could be a linebacker in our system. And you got to start coaching as soon as you can. You know, as a head coach, now I can kind of pick and choose where he's going to play here. He's going to play here. You know, being an assistant, that guy gets taken from you a lot and they put him at running back or something. So, <laughs> I, you know it's a true. I, trust me, I get it. I, I, listen, oh, gotta, and I, I will say I, from what I remember back when I played at Union, I, when I graduated, they always told us they put the best players on defense, and then they took what was left over. Not saying left over, but they took the other guys and kind of made them the offensive linemen and, and some of the other stuff. But because they're in the nineties and, and back when you played on that stuff, Union's defense was the best thing about Union for sure. I tell people all the time, man, I got Division One. I, I had Division One backups, two of them. I wanted to play in AI ball. I had two guys behind me who went on to play Division One football. Yeah. And it was like that at every single position. But you need to identify some guys who can play inside linebacker because that's the hardest position to teach. Probably outside of safety. It's about the same in the defense. So you got to ID, ID the guys, get them coached up. My big pet peeve, and I, this happened this year, I had a couple seniors who came back out who didn't play. And the biggest thing that bothered me, they were so far behind the curve because we didn't have them. We didn't get to coach them. They didn't know any keys and reads. And we stick them out there and treat them like seniors, like, you need to go read this and go make this play. And they couldn't do it. You know, and then against them, they just weren't in the program. Yeah, when you're when you're out that long, it's hard to bounce back in. We uh, and, yeah. Go ahead. And play linebacker anyway. Now, if you, yeah. you're 6'2", 280, and you can get off the football, we can find you something to do. We um, we know. had a kid – we had a kid two years ago – not well, two seasons ago. Uh, Eli, he transferred in, had never played football before. All right. But he was a lacrosse guy. His, his dad was a preacher that just got a job in town. He was a lacrosse guy and a power lifter. And he said, you know what, I, I'll try football. And he comes out and tries to play inside linebacker. And he just didn't look great. Uh, he just couldn't – a pretty good athlete, but he just couldn't figure the fits out. We move him to defensive end, teach him to squeeze, all-region defensive end, first-year playing football. If you're athletic and can't read your keys, play D-line. That's right. There you go. Coach Fields, you got anything for this this question? Yeah, I mean, they, they hit a lot. Uh, I believe Coach Fields kind of froze up there for a second. The dial up. Yeah, that's Summer. That's that. That's that Somerville internet over there. I don't know what's going on with him over there. I think he's what I'm trying to do. Hey, Coach. So we we kind of lost you there for a second. You froze up a little bit. So you might want to start that one over. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, that, it's, that, my... it's that Somerville internet you got. It must be. Yep. Um. Anyways, the, these guys hit on a lot of things that I do myself or want to do in the future. Um, identify the stud on JV and let him play inside linebacker. 
Uh, we must be losing them again. I don't know. Coach uh, Fields, we lost you again there for a second. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. We lost. Talking about, you talked about uh, getting the guy playing uh, JV and then yeah. teaching get him Get your in. stud and put him at linebacker. Yeah, yeah get, get your stud on JV. Identify the stud, even on B team. Yeah. Identify the stud and, and get him started now. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I'd love to have a smart guy with him. Uh, the, the smart guys are fun to coach an inside linebacker, the guy who may end up being kind of the Sam, who's going to end up being the plugger, and you have the more athletic stud guy kind of be your backside linebacker. Uh, and also those lower-level coaches bring them up and work with them all the time, you know. Um, what Something that when I was a young guy, our inside linebacker coach at Berkeley, I would do – you know, kind of all the linebackers on JV and help out on the varsity. When we did varsity practice, he would stand behind one linebacker and I would stand behind one linebacker. And I know that made a huge impact on me as a coach and got me better right away. Uh, so if you've got kind of a stud guy on your JV defensive staff, you need to make that guy the inside linebackers coach. Um, I don't care what he played or what college he went to. If you've got a guy you identified that could be a dude as a coach, you need to put him in inside linebackers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so and we're, we're kind of, I mean, obviously we've been on here a little while. We'll kind of wind, we got a couple more questions left um, and we'll kind of, you know, a couple of serious ones and then, you know, a couple of fun ones here. Uh, but kind of the main one I want to ask you guys specifically, uh, and think back to just coaching linebackers. Obviously you're both, court, I mean, you've been coordinators. Coach Jeter's a head coach now. Um, in your opinion, what separates you from other coaches when it comes to coaching linebackers? Coach uh, Jeter, you go first. Uh, making it relatable, man. Making it where each kid can learn it. And I, I hate to bring like the education part into it because this is a football podcast. But you got to figure out how the kids learn because everybody's different. And once you figure out how they learn how to play, you got to cater your practice to those guys. You got to have a little bit of everything. So if you're a guy, you need to see it. You need to see the blocks. We need to incorporate the blocks. If you're a guy, you need to come out and actually like run through something and practice it. We need to have drills where you run us through through stuff and practicing it. You know? So just really catering your practice to your guys. It's it's kinda like what Ethan said earlier. You know, we, we have an ego as being a coach, but it's really about the dudes, man. It's about the kids out there playing. You know, we're all old and washed up. We ain't playing no ball. We need to make- <laughs> We need to make sure the guys who are out there playing are equipped to play. You know, so my, probably my, my best thing that I do is I identify how guys learn how to play and I cater to them individually in a group setting. So that goes my educational PD part for the day. There you go. And that's, that's, a, that's, my that. that, that's a great, that's a great answer coach. But let me, I will say I'm on, I'm on kind of, you know, negate what you said. I play golf. That's still a ball. So, I mean, I do still play ball, but it just, I ain't moving real fast when I'm playing. So, uh, yeah, that's a great answer. Um, all right. So coach Campbell, what about you? What separates you as a linebacker coach from anybody else? Um, I think, and this probably going to go just as much as being a coordinator. I think that it is extremely important that you put forth the image that you want your defense and your linebackers to be. Uh, meaning my guys know that I'm pretty intense Um, as far as I want to win. It don't matter if we're playing football or checkers and I'm going to bust your tail every chance I get. 
And now, respectfully so, if that means I have to pride a kid and agitate him and just let him know that he's not giving me his best and somebody else is doing better than him, then they need to compete more. And they've got to be able to get after it and want to win it. Um, another thing, again, this is speaking more from a coordinator and a linebacker. I tell our kids every Friday when we have our pregame defensive meetings, guys, something bad's going to happen. And I relate it to life. At some point, something bad's going to happen. It's not about when that bad thing happens. It's about how you respond the plays or the days in your life after that bad situation happens. So I just tell them, if they're not in the end zone, it's not a touchdown. It don't matter if it's a 99-yard uh, run, we tackle them at the one, you still get to play football. The, the most proud I was of our defense all year, and we had some very good moments. We were playing South Aiken, and we were winning, but it was a dog fight. South Aiken had a phenomenal athlete at quarterback. Um, we were winning at halftime, and I kind of gave them that same spirit I just gave y'all. And they come out in the second half, and South Aiken returns the uh, second half kickoff to the three-yard line. And you feel the momentum start to switch. And our defense goes out there and go makes their offense go four and out from the three. And it's just that I have not been more excited in the last five years of coaching football because those guys are put on the field with their back on the wall. But you know what? Winners respond to adversity. And if your coach is complaining, if you, any position coach is complaining, oh, no, they're on the three we might as well just let them score, then your kids are going to think that. But if you're telling them, all right, now this is a time that you make a stand that people remember, they want to be the guy that makes the tackle. Yeah, that's that's great stuff right there, Coach. I mean, you know, we're all sitting here, like, shaking our head. Yeah, like, you know, that's that's what it's about, man. I mean, you know, because I'm, I'm sure all of us have been told at some point, you know, you're going to learn life lessons from, from football. And it's 100% true. And, you know, if you can, if you can get those kids to – to buy into that and understand it. And like you said, obviously y'all have done a great job because you guys had a great year and, and you know, that, that's what it's about, man. So, you know, good answers, great answers. Uh, you guys have given us some some awesome stuff. And uh, Coach Fields, you got anything you want to add before I kind of like a fun question here? You got something for us? Fun question? No, I'm saying you got it, anything you want to add before I ask the fun question. Oh, I was about to say, we, we don't have much fun unless yeah, we somebody. Yeah, like exactly. This. No fun, sir. Zero fun, sir. No, no fun <laughs> it's zone. football fun. That's <laughs> uh, hilarious. So no, you, man, uh, you guys need to, you guys who are listening, just, I mean, just listen. Open your damn ears. Uh, these are two guys who get after it defensively. So you, you need to open your ears and listen to this real good. Um. I want to say one more thing before we move forward. Uh, I I say that like it's me putting that on, but that comes from the top. And Coach Fountain as is as good about getting. I don't want to say getting someone to play, but he's the same mentality. Coach Mark, uh, Coach um, Fountain is a just a low country boy from Lamar. Grew up in one A football, playing both ways, just tough as nails. Two sport collegiate athlete. And, again, he's going to do whatever he can to win. And the kids take that. You preach toughness long enough, and kids will start to believe they're a tough kid. 
and that's mentally and physically, mentally more so than physically. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen the turnaround. Yep, yep. You hit it on the head. Both of you guys hit it on the head. All right. So real quick, this will be a quick question before we take our last little break and then go into the last segment. So we asked this, you know, for the QB guys last week. So if you had a free year to coach anything other than linebackers, what would you decide to coach, Coach Jeter? Quarterbacks. Hey, oh, there it is. Why? Quarterback. I mean, I just, I've always seen, I feel like I always see the game like a quarterback. There you go. So, You're a linebacker, I so see, it's, it's I, I free see coverage, and I, yeah, I just look at things from a quarterback. Maybe I'm a control freak. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I do think I would rather coach quarterbacks than anything else. And it's funny because I'm probably gonna be coaching secondary. And I don't want to say it on podcast. Secondary is probably my least favorite. <laughs> and it's probably what I'm better at. Yeah, it's just because it's all it's on you, like you know. If you get beat deep, everybody knows it. Yep. But if you're in the same thing, quarterback, you make a mistake, everybody knows it. Yeah. But at least you ain't getting toasted. Yeah. You know, you might get drilled by a D lineman. But quarterbacks definitely. Yeah. Uh, just it's the way I see the game. And right. maybe it's just I'm a control freak. So so Coach Jeter says quarterbacks. What about you, E? I'm probably just gonna go not even play. Uh I lost you there for a second. I said I'm not gonna uh say the whole defensive line but just go to straight defensive ends okay and i i just think that um it's defensive end coaching defensive ends can be so simple but yet so effective um if you've got some really well coached up defensive ends um i've seen guys uh, the guy at union a couple years ago about two or three years ago uh and we all know that coach l does a phenomenal job absolutely but the Gregory kid, now he was a tough knot. I mean, he was a two-time state qualifier in wrestling, but he weighed a, a buck 80, and he but, was wrecking it from defensive line, and he he was just a player. Number 35? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's tough. Yeah. And now uh, wrestlers hold a special place in my heart because they're a different breed anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Coach L is a wrestling coach. That dude gets his guys to play like I ain't never seen before. Like, he's – I'll tell you this. So, you know, when I came to Newberry, I was D-line, been D-line coach at Newberry. And I took everything that I got from Coach L and started coaching D-line in Newberry the same way he did in Union and got the same results. Like, you have to coach D-line like that. Like, and to be with somebody like Coach L, for the years I was with him, I kind of took it for granted, you know? Yeah. But then going in and coaching and seeing, like, guys like how Jay Money developed, you know, how explosive and powerful and how he played. And then I was like, man, you got to do it like that. So, like, the guy even was talking about our nose guard. I coached him the same exact way Coach L coached Jay Money. Get at your ass. Get off the football. Knock people back. Play like a freaking maniac. I, I did that. And I actually miss doing that because I don't coach D-line no more. Yeah, and see, so I, last week I'm cheating because I, I last week I answered DBs because I said I like to talk trash to them, but I actually changed my answer. I want to be the third down and long defensive ends coach. That's what I want to be. <laughs> yeah. The best job. I, I want to just pin my ears back and say, all right, boys, I can work, we can work all these receiver releases you want. Just go get the quarterback. It's third and long. Let's go get them. That's what I want to do. Is that I a job? It can be. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a position open. <laughs> is it third and long defensive end coaches? 
I think coaching defensive ends is the most easy. It's the easiest position to give immediate feedback. Like right there, you either did it right or you did it wrong. There's no if, ands, buts, or maybes. Without any film, I can tell you if you messed up or not. Yeah. Well, I tell you this: it, it you get immediate feedback because if you do it wrong, that guy in front of you over there is gonna knock the hell out you. Oh yeah. And the running <laughs> back goes for long. Yeah. yeah. That's your immediate yeah. feedback. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you guys real quick. Quick break, and then we'll come back and finish this thing up. Okay. Okay. Guys, again, have, have been giving us some, some good stuff. Last question in the aired out segment before we move to our quick little overtime here. So this question, guys, is, is kind of for everybody that's listening. Uh, you know, if, especially we're talking about young coaches association, if there's some young coaches. So what advice do you have for younger coaches looking to get up into a role that similar to what you're in right now? Coach uh, Campbell, go ahead. Um, one, you got you to gotta be a sponge and soak it all in. Two, um, so often you see young guys uh, just think they're supposed to all automatically start a varsity coach, not have to do laundry, not paint a field, not do those things. Now, I was fortunate enough to start as a varsity coach my first coaching gig. Now, I helped with JV as well, but just how I was brought up, you earn your keep. So if we're painting the field, obviously I was painting the field. Doing laundry, I was doing laundry. Um, you just got to pull your weight. So um, make yourself valuable in ways that others aren't if you want to really earn a spot. what's Look at something that's not getting done and volunteer to do it. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be the only person on the staff doing the dirty work, but you need to earn your stripes. And there's no other way to rub. I'm not saying I'm a veteran guy. I've been coaching for 12 years, but I'm only, excuse me, 11 years. I'm only 30. I started coaching when I was 19. So I don't consider myself a vet by any means. But don't walk in the first day as a 21-year-old, fresh out of college kid and tell someone what you're not going to do. You need to find a way that you can fit in and get it done. And society today is getting away from the whole earn your stripes mentality and everybody wants it and wants it now, but that's just not the way life works. If you want to be respected, earn your stripes and get in any type of football meeting you can. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Uh, Coach Jeter, what do you have to add to that? I would say, uh, you know, as a young coach, man, have a passion for what you do. Because there are going to be some tough days. There are going to be some days where you feel like, you know, you're not doing a good job. And you definitely got to be passionate about it. You got to care about what you're doing. Um, you know, just lose your, lose your sense of entitlement and enjoy the work. You know, that's, that's been my biggest thing, man. Even in the times in Union when we did make the playoffs, I enjoy the work. Like, I, I love what I do. And this is a profession, man. You, you better love it. If you're going to stick with it, if you're going to really commit yourself to to moving up the ladder, you got to love what you do. You got to love being around people. You got to love coaching kids. So, you know, have a passion for what you do and, and really truly love it because there are going to be some dark days and they're going to test your conviction. You know, that there's a point in, when I was in Union, man, I was going to go into administration and get all the way out. And thank God for Phil Strickland and Newberry because I, I didn't want to wear a shirt and tie every day and 
be in the office. Shirt that, tie don't fit, you said. Twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> well, thank you, Ethan. Huh? That's why I, I mean that. Coaching. I mean that in a complimented way. No, I, I got you. I got you. Because I've been there freaking doing this all day, jerking on my neck, <laughs> walking around like, yeah, this is miserable. But, you know, there's a point in my, in my career where I thought, yeah, that's just, I just need to go in the admin because it ain't working. So, man, you better love what you do. You better have passion for it. You know, be willing to do the dirty work, even if you're doing the dirty work by yourself. Because there's going to be some nights where you're washing clothes and you're in there doing what we used to do at Tannehill when you're by yourself doing the clothes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some nights like that. Absolutely. And you're doing the laundry by yourself. Just do it, you know. It's part of it. So you better love it. Yeah, and I can say, if, if you're lucky enough, I mean, obviously – you hope to be on a staff where you can find some guys that, you know, you can kind of bond with. And, and I've been fortunate enough that every staff that I've been on, I've been able to find at least one, two, and sometimes even more than that, people that, you know, you can share those Friday nights after a loss or Friday nights after a big win or, you know, Thursday night, you know, doing stuff you don't want to be doing, but you got to do it because that's part of your job and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're lucky enough to, to have a lot of people that you that like to be around, that's even better. But, you know, if not, you know, find someone that you can kind of, you know, share, you know, send, text a buddy or whatever it may be that you can kind of rely on. And that, you know, that's kind of – I've been fortunate. When we were at Union, we had – there was, you know, a good bit of us that hung out together. And, oh, yeah. You know, even at, when I was at Chapman. So, um, and it's then – football. Oh, absolutely. So, you're going to have – you're going to have guys who you're going to have something in common with, you know. You're going to have guys you can hang out with, and they're going to feel the same way you feel after a loss, and they're going to feel the same way you feel after a win. So you're going to have guys you got something to come with. You know, it's it's <laughs> those losses, man, they can – they drive people out of it. They drive people out of profession. And you know? that, I want to build on that. Um, I've had my fair share of losses, and it is a struggle. And now the past two, three years, we've had a little bit of success. And I guess advice to every coach is – Enjoy it while you got it. Enjoy it. We just went uh, 13 and one. Now, we obviously didn't win the state championship like we wanted to, but you almost get so caught up in we got to get ready for the next week. We don't enjoy that we just beat our rival or we just won the region. Um, that stuff doesn't happen every year. And a lot of times it's overlooked because you're so worried about the next week. And you better enjoy the good times while they're here because they don't always come and stay. And it's never as good or as bad as it seems. So you just really need to enjoy the good times when you're in them and try and get out the bad times when you're in them. Yeah, and so and I know Coach feels because of the five years that we spent together at Berkeley. Um, and a lot of times we don't, we don't really talk about, oh, that big win and stuff. Like we, we talk about the journey and like the times that we all spent together as coaches. Like, hey, you remember when we used to go to Arby's at, you know, Friday nights after games? You know, we had some big wins and we had some tough losses. But, you know, like you said, it is the journey. And enjoy that journey because every year is going to be a different kind of journey. And there's going to be years where the people you go on that journey with are going to go somewhere else. Like Coach Fields is at Cane Bay now. You know, Coach Jeter spent time with you. You're somewhere else now. Like Coach L is still back home. And, you know, I, you know, it, it's enjoy the journey while you got it. Like you guys just said, that's, that's, a, that's probably a great way to kind of, you know, sum that up. Coach Fields, you got anything to add to it? Yeah, I'll go quick. Uh, get your CDL. Um, get your CDL. CDL plug. Right. Are you an AD man? No, no, dog. Just He's going to be CDL. one day. He's going to be. Hey, dude, you're going to make me cuss. You know the hey, one I, thing I don't want to do is be AD. 
I've been through the CDL class three times. I Past think we sat in one together, Shane. <laughs> I think so. I might have been in one with Cam too. Uh, yeah, I took it twice till they till they didn't pass me because of my eye. <laughs> I still don't have my CDL. Get get your CDL. <laughs> find an old mentor as well. Um, find oh, an older guy on staff. Find your young buddy. Like Cam was kind of my young buddy. Um, but find that older guy. Take him to breakfast. You know, take him to dinner after practice. Do do things like that with that mentor guy and just listen. Don't talk much. Just listen. Those are kind yeah. of my two things that these guys, they know, but they just didn't really talk about. Get your CDL and find that old mentor on staff. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. And so, all right, that, that'll kind of close out our air out segment. We're going to go ahead and move straight into the overtime segment. Uh, and so, guys, I sent you, I think I sent you this. Overtime, if you want to go back to a topic that we talked about or if you have a question for each other or a question for somebody else, now's the time to do it. So, I, you know, you're the head coach now, Coach Dieter, so I'm going to put you on the spot first. So, <laughs> what, what you got for us in overtime? All right. First of all, plug. Uh, if you're a passionate coach that wants to come coaching defense, apply at Newberry. There you go. <laughs> hey, that's that's real. What do, what do you have? What do you have what open you right have? now, what Coach? What you laughing? What you laughing? No, seriously. Uh, like, what do you what do you have open right now, Coach? Teaching wise. Yeah. We got PE weightlifting, which I'm kind of already recruiting somebody for. But dang, state. Coach, I must have. You didn't even text me. You didn't send well, me no tweet somebody, or nothing. Listen, you're somebody low country. <laughs> I love yeah. I, I love the low fishing. Country. I do. I do. I do. Got a house. I know. Golf courses. That's you right. Got Mary, and yeah, golf courses. I've played Newberry Country Club, and it's good. I and mean, I did win. We did win a tournament there. E, you know, my, me and Dez and some guys. But guys, yeah. Coach Willis don't fish. He doesn't <laughs> fish. I had yeah. to drag him to fish last time. He no. golfs. I spend more time looking for snakes when I'm out there. So. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Coach. I'm, we we cut you off. Go ahead, Coach weird. Jeter. Go ahead. Oh, you good? You good? It's not worth me going out there. You know. Uh, but then what's the was the overtime? Yeah, last little segment here. Linebacker play here. All right, so overtime linebacker play. All right, so if your players are better than their players, obviously you're gonna win. I'll tell you that. Uh, that's Clinton for you. Um, but nah, the big thing with linebackers man is make sure you identify the guys. Find you a guy who can play linebacker. We got one now. Uh, I say Jared Acosta. I think he's he's a dude. He's all state. You know. I think he's going to be top notch, and I think he's going to help us win a lot of games. But it's 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 his intangibles. He ain't very big. He ain't very fast. He ain't going to test great. But the guy's a guy. He just finds a way to get the job done. He's a I think he's a natural born leader. So you want those kind of guys at inside linebacker. You know he can rally the troops. He cares about the game. You know I love the way he plays. If he gets a chance to. To knock your jaw off, he's gonna knock your jaw off. He's one of those guys. So, you know, the big thing inside linebacker play, identify the guys, have a have a plan, coach them up, and let them go play, and have a good time playing. Yeah, well said. I mean, you gotta enjoy playing if you're playing inside linebacker because you're going to go stick people. So you better enjoy it. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. It's fun. All right, E. What you got for overtime? Anything? Yeah. Um, more so, I don't want to say advice, but. 
so often, oh, and I said, I hit it on earlier, coaches get wrapped up in the ego and think that they're doing this and they're doing that. And I do think it is important to have good coaches. I understand that. And I think that it translates it translates to good football teams. But um, don't get so wrapped up as it's you. Don't wrap your ego up in it because that trickles down to the kids. Good football players win games. All right. I've been on, I was the DC on a staff four years ago that won one football game. And this year I was a DC on a staff that lost one football game. So same coach, just different guys. Um, and I think that being a good football coach is just as much how you handle them in the summer and the off months of what are you doing to get stronger? Um, and again, I sound like a, like I'm trying to promote Coach Fountain to the offense coordinator for the Clemson Tigers or the head coach, but he just does a really good job in those aspects. Now, I call the defense. Coach Alexander calls the offense, and Coach Fountain oversees it all, and he holds the kids accountable to making sure they're making the right amount of lifts and making sure that when they're in there, they're not going through the motions. Um, very, he's just a very good leader. And I think that coaching is more about actually leading young men versus calling plays. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, Coach, Coach Fields, you got anything for this last little segment before we close them out? No, man, I, I'm just excited to get these guys on. I mean, we joke around about getting defensive guys on, but you're talking about a DC and a head coach we just got on and, and great men and great coaches. Um, I was just excited to listen to them finally and get to meet them. And I hope you guys learned something. You know, if you took one thing away, then you've done something out of this pod. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got – I would be – I'd be remiss if I didn't – I talked to Coach Campbell's buddy, Coach Bennett, his O-line guy at Clinton, and he was – he wanted me to make sure that I told you on the episode, E, that you're his least favorite Campbell. I, that's just what he told me. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> – that's just what he said. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, I've got a big brother. He's a pretty good guy. But to rebuttal that, Coach Bennett's my least per- favorite person from the <laughs> Listen, that Ooh, we, we can. That's a good one. We, we talked a little bit the other day, and he said something about he was from Gaffney. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know if I can be talking to you right now because we don't do that around here. I'm from Union, oh, so, boy. you oh, know, boy. It's, it's kind of a Union-Gaffney thing. Yeah. But, nah, he – I, that was a quick little, you know, plug. I told him I would, I would kind of rag you on this thing. But, and we've been on here for a while, guys. So I just, you know, I always want to say thank you to you guys again for taking out the time because obviously you, you spent a couple. Ethan's on his honeymoon for heaven's sake. Like he's on his honeymoon. Coach Jeter's got kids at home and probably should have went to bed about two hours ago. And so, you know, you guys could have been doing a lot of other things. But I, I really do appreciate you guys stepping on here and, and sharing some, some awesome stuff with us. You guys got anything else before we close it out? Hey, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Oh, go ahead, Coach. Coach, uh, go ahead, Coach. And I appreciate what you guys are doing, man. Keep up the good work with the podcast. Once again, congratulations, Ethan. Don't have too much fun. Yeah. Hey, I want you to know, man. I've been tired since I got married. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. She's sleeping right now. You better get all the rest you can, buddy. Yeah, Coach. All right. Last little shout out, Coach Campbell. What you got? Um, I appreciate y'all having me on. I got to get up in four hours, catch a flight. We're going to Hawaii. Listen to this. Uh, Hawaii. Really looking forward to it. 
y'all guys hit me up sometime and we'll sit around. I'll come down here and meet y'all. We talk some. Yeah, that, that's that's a great you know way to end it there. And Coach Campbell's going to Hawaii while the rest of us are working tomorrow. So, you know, enjoy yourself out there, big dog. Hey, chocolate milk is like eight dollars a gallon in Hawaii. <laughs> Oh man, Coach Fields. Any last like we're pretty much. This has been an awesome segment, man. You got anything else? Last little say so. No, nah, man. Thank thanks to these guys taking their time out and talking to slap dicks. You know. <laughs> yeah. So again, all right. This was our. It's our second episode of our positional episodes that we're doing. Uh, we did QB play last week. We we were doing linebacker play today. Again, we got Coach Cedric Jeter, head coach at Newberry High School and Coach Ethan Campbell, defensive coordinator from Clinton High School. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up, guys. Again, we appreciate you, and uh, good luck moving forward, and we'll, we'll be talking to you soon. All right. See you next All time. Right, guys.